I suppose, like the willingness to be more vicious as it went along. I didn't go from, you know, eating something in a canteen to bank robberies by not having some form of hardness behind that. I was sitting in the back of the truck coming back to um, Port Phillip Prison in in Victoria and I had a mate, I burst into tears and I didn't even know why. And I just think, I don't know if I knew my life in that world was over or, or the destructiveness in the background of your mind, the people that you damaged... You know, your own kids, my own kids, I, I spent 15 years in custody and I wasn't no father by doing that at the start of their lives. And he's, he said to me, change your language, change the outcome. Alrighty, g'day, g'day. Welcome back to another episode of A Lot To Talk About. It is your boy, the captain of the ship, the man in charge. Bradley J. Driver, of course, you can call me Brad, you can call me the cat, call me whatever you want. If you're a fan of the show, I'm a fan of you. And as always, bloody blessed to be here because today I've got another incredible guest in the studio. The HQ's getting a workout. We've been in here a lot lately, which is great. And today's guest has an exceptional story. He's a friend of a recent guest, Jimmy Storer, was highly recommended. And as I dived into his story, I realized why. It's a story of redemption, a story of overcoming the odds of challenge in childhood, overcoming the odds of changing your situation in life and and making something of yourself, making the best out of the cards you've been dealt. And as you know, I'm all about that. Um, He's a voice for the Indigenous community. He's a voice for change. Ladies and gentlemen, from your home, your car, wherever you are, give a very warm welcome to the one, the only. Mr. Jeffrey Morgan, how are you, brother? Thanks, brother. That was a pleasure ma- to have you here. Massive introduction and a lot of nice flow to it, and um, definitely all about everything you've spoken about. And thanks for having me. And it's been a you know a pleasure to meet yourself and your story as well. And mate, I'm I'm always about learning and being grateful for the stories that I learn on the journey as well. And learning your own um, is is something that makes you grateful for life and um, yeah and jimmy james another champion of the community doing great things and just a champion bloke and um same a funny story how we even met jimmy um, and i and uh, back in my days obviously taking the wrong path one of his cousins um introduced me to jimmy and and we obviously became great friends and ended up doing a heap of hikes and i think in that transition in amongst that there was a lot of change that was happening on those hikes a lot of meditation even while i walked um, and i you know i can't recommend that enough to people people always get that meditation and zen thing but i can't honestly from the bottom of my heart that helped me immensely because you sort of just get moments of reflection some inner peace more so in your brain and your mind and yeah. you're able to look within yourself as to where you are and where you want to be and I think those walks were just priceless and then having someone like Jimmy on the walk is just <laughs> it yeah. made it even better um, he's invited adventure. me many a times on these bush adventures and I've, I've never had like we've never just been able to align dates yeah and I'd had so the way I sort of met Jimmy was I'd had a Lonnie Vunikithi on the show yeah and Lonnie's a great fella really good mate of Jim's and I was like, I need to get on some walks with these guys because he was like, come on these adventures and it looks great and it's something we spoke about a little bit, like disconnecting to reconnect and going back into nature and I know you're all about that. I'm sure we'll dive into it today, but I guess I want to set a foundation for the listener and for the viewer back home. You know, we all have some form of a development of story, something that I guess builds our character, something that challenges us, a little bit of suffering, a little bit of 
little bit of a challenge that you've got to deal with that really sets up your life. And I guess I want to hear a little bit about where you're from yeah. um, and where your childhood began. I, I um, grew up in Redfern, Everly Street, Redfern, which at the time was probably one of the most notorious streets in Australia's history for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And, and a lot of crime, a lot of dysfunction. Um, it was a strong community in saying that, but there was running battles with police riots. Um, yeah. And the norm was to become a byproduct of that environment and get involved in survival. And for me, it was about survival. And that meant I did whatever I needed to do to survive. And um, without thought process and totally thinking it was normal and a total, uh, a normal way to life, because I hadn't been shown the right way as such. Yeah. And I don't use that as an excuse and everything that we discussed today, I put ownership on and accountability and responsibility for the actions I took over that time frame. But you do as a young kid, you just follow, you know, what you're taught, you literally become. And um, for me, that was, it was huge. The area was really well known. Um, taxi drivers wouldn't go down there. Police wouldn't come down. Police cars, police would get ripped out of their police cars and the cars set on fire. To, just to set the tone of uh, understanding to people watching this. I was a young kid, probably 10 to 12 years of age at that point in time, really coming into um, mm. you know, my, my teenage years. And I suppose that just, as I said, I really became a byproduct of that environment. And that led to who I became over a period of time. You spoke about it though, that built the character of who I am today. And if I hadn't gone through that and endured that, I would not have been able to be who I am today. And I think, yeah, for sure. Can I ask a question on that? So, because yeah. this is something I've spoken about, not a lot, but a little bit with my family about. I'm so blessed that the environment I grew up in and sort of the family dynamic we had was super stable. And yeah. for me, I only knew the right way. My dad was a police officer and yeah. so was his father. Yeah. So for me, I kind of, I heard the stories of what was wrong. So I understood pretty quickly what was right. Yeah. And I often think about that environment, that situation. I admire my parents like there's no tomorrow. And I think, have I been in a different environment with them? I probably would have followed suit because I would have just thought, well, they're like God to me. You know what I mean? I want to follow on. I want to be like the product that I've been brought up around. You being in that area of Everly Street and Redfern, did you ever really get outside of that area? Or was it almost like a bubble it was a bubble and you touched on something very important this is a bit of a description to people people go oh but why didn't you i was so young and all i did was follow those that were in front of me and it, it imagine trying to walk a tightrope which we've never done you've never done before as an example mm. and then someone says have a drink of your tea and hold the cup and, and the thing at the same time like it was trying to focus on one thing and the only thing i was seeing was what was in front of me and that was a life of crime a lot of destruction um negative you know actions around the community i suppose in saying that <clears throat> you touched on something that was very important to us as well and this reinforced it i believe it was such a strong community and we all had each other's backs for the wrong reasons but yeah. what that did it reinforced the bad behaviors it just went, hey, this is who we are and we're going to go to the end and you got my back and if anything happens, we go to the end with that. And, um, you know, that, that band of behaviour that I learnt becomes stronger and stronger and then doing it as a, a, for a period of time, it became a habit which became a ritual and that ritual, you just wake up every single day and I used to think, what's wrong with 
outside our bubble what what's wrong with everybody why are they doing what they're doing and later down the track when I matured a bit I say by the time I was about 16 17 18 I started to think what how can everyone else be affording Lamborghinis Ferraris or you know these holidays mm. or homes and what do they do that we don't do and then I started to look into it at that stage I'd already <coughs> made a lot of bad decisions with life and <coughs> I actually applied for the um, Air Force at the point in time and I remember them saying hey you've got a criminal record and mate you, you won't be getting in and um, I was like oh we'll stuff it then you know our bubble's strong who cares and yeah so if, I think at that stage if I would have got into the Air Force I would have kept going and never looked back and same and I would have learned from people outside of the bubble and that For that sure. changed me because that ultimately that that is what changed me people interactions with people that were living normal lives and had good values, morals and beliefs. The ethics that I learnt were around values, morals and beliefs, don't dob anyone in, these types of things that you would not have even known or, you know, and totally different lifestyles to, to yourself and nothing in a bad way. And I, want, I wanted to be that person, but I had to learn it all because I had never seen that from my parents as such. They split up when they were young. I went with my mother, and my mother was more um, obviously down Everly Street, and that was the journey that I took. But it's, you know, I look at people and I look at, especially now with what we do as a mental health and wellbeing consultant, I understand families or people in general. As soon as I look at them and they tell me their background, I can tell you exactly what they, you know, the path that they sort of going to go down, or the story that they're going to tell me. And yeah, that that's so insane to me because I think, isn't it, isn't it crazy that you've kind of become the solution to the problem that you once had? Crazy. Like, and that's really been like almost the story of your life now, where you're going back to be the person you needed when you were ten or twelve. Absolutely. And I think that's so powerful and, you know, I congratulate you and, and commend you on that because to be able to see that and, and go back into that, I can imagine that takes, that would have taken a little bit of a toll on you mentally at first as well, I can imagine, to go back into that environment and think, man, you know, these kids here are, are potentially going to be the product of what I become. Absolutely. Um, it's up to me to try and help make that change. Talk to me about being a 10 to 12 year old in that environment because I, I look back on myself at 10 or 12 Yep. And I'd like to think I was a pretty motivated and outgoing character. Yep. But I think throwing me into that situation, yeah, yeah. holy hell, I don't know if I'd survive. Yeah, and that's that's you hit the nail on the head. It's all about survival at that point mm. in time. And you, know, you look back on it now, and same thing, I, I, this is for exactly what we do. We go, not just for people that are getting in trouble too, to give context. Anyone that sort of has any form of struggle that you've spoken about before within life and once you understand people's struggles then you can create that solution you spoke about and if I hadn't have gone through that who knows I might not have been that same person as I am today and I might have been an Air Force pilot <coughs> doing something totally yeah. different so it's it's a double-edged sword because <coughs> excuse me um, because I've been through so much but at the same time I'm grateful for what it taught me so I can now teach other people how to get the best version of themselves, the healthiest, happiest, most successful version. That's what we basically do. And that could be anyone. We work with corporates, we work with athletes, we work with school kids, we work with kids at risk getting in trouble, similar to myself. Yeah. Juvenile justice centres, jails <coughs> and communities. So in general for us, 
we became very diverse and it meant that I understood the habits and rituals of your brain and how how your mind actually worked. Yeah. You were set a particular way from your parents or people value around yourself and then be able to tap into that and say, hey, if you're not getting the most out of your life based around what you tell me is important to yourself and where you currently are, we help you bridge that gap in between. And I, I don't think I would have... Well, we'll never know and I don't overthink it too much but I might not have become the person I am today to do what I am and I think you know seeing young kids especially take a different path and show them that hey someone from the hood in their eyes yeah. has, has been able to do something that they didn't think is possible their parents haven't shown them and how did Jeff do that and if I can show them the steps to transition quicker for us it was a badge of honour to be able to go to jail um, yeah. or boys' homes. And when I got there, I knew everyone from the community was going to be there. And the only thing that did broaden my networks with, you know, other people within the Sydney network, Mount Druid, Campbelltown, um, all these communities that were high crime areas and now had connections in every single group. And <clears throat> the only thing I did later on in life was what was the lessons I learned out of all of that? How could I transfer those skills across to my current situation? And... Basically, um, that allowed me to really tap into my strengths. And they were strengths, uh, you know, you just had to make sure that they weren't towards the destructive nature they were before. Turn them into a business um, or life skill that you can teach other people and help them get the best out of themselves. And um, that's been, you know, just for me priceless. And and I think, you know, to to be honest, a way of giving back, I, I was very destructive towards my actions within the community around crime and... I think, you know, that's my way of saying, hey, <clears throat> I want to <clears throat> work my way back to um, giving back to the community and not sort of damaging it and being, you know, helping people be more um, proactive and productive. I just got to give a, a note in the background. My dog is running amok. <laughs> and, um, so Little Nala, yeah. <laughs> Run around. But it's, but it's nice. It's, we've got a good company in the studio today. I'll give a shout out to Nala and to your partner, Sav. Yeah. Who's, Sav. who's here in the background and, you know, we're all, we're all just having a good time here. Absolutely. in the studio sharing stories. So it's, um, it's always welcome. So... It's, um, you know, many people will remember from the first early days of the podcast, Hunter, my Jack Russell, running around the house like an absolute psychopath oh, nice. in the middle of episodes. So maybe they're already a bit conditioned if they've been a day one. Yeah, absolutely. But I love what you said there. To go back to it, it's really, it's really given you a sense of meaning. It's, it's given you that sense of purpose. And I'm big on that. Like, I think that's been probably the unlock for me in my life in these last two years, two and a half years in particular, is going from work that felt like it was a path that I should take because there was financial reward, there yep. was um, a, a ladder of success and you could climb that ladder and watch yourself grow. It's very, um, it was very linear progress. Yep. And to go to a position now where I've walked away from financial reward but found something that's super purpose-driven and wakes me up with a smile on my face and puts me to bed at night knowing that I'm doing something good in the world, that's the best feeling you can ever have. Absolutely. That's what that's what living's about. I cannot... That is deep. And if people... Some people just sort of breeze over that little conversation you just had, but find your passion, people, because mm. I tell you now, you don't wake up any single day. And whether you've got $1 in the bank account or you know millions of dollars, if you're doing something that you're passionate about, and you show up every day. Ask any surfer, right? They'll show up every single day. Um, even if you know there's been a shark attack in Sydney, unfortunately, but 
that that's, I no doubt they were still out the next morning hitting the waves, mm. and that's because they're passionate about what they do. And if you can find that same passion in any field, you know, Michael Jordan with basketball, whoever it was, right? You'll find that you'll never work a day in your life. And we do. We go through this motion of, um, and same thing. I went through this motion, but more on the discriminality and destructive side, growing up in the area that I did. But you go through, you get go through school, get into uni. In between, you sort of get a job that you know, whether it's Macca's or, or Just Jeans or something of that nature, that pay gives you some money on the side. Maybe do better than that in your eyes around something maybe you've gone into law or something you're doing something around that type of thing or even down the path of being a doctor but in general then you come out of that and you go into your job and as you said it's a financial thing and and it's almost this thing i think change is coming and this new generation has seen that the entrepreneurship of being able to get out there and do whatever they want and the same thing a lot of my stuff that i was very successful at and people knew me um, across that world for the wrong reasons it was the actions that I took and as long as I stuck to my you know to my word one be a person of your word two um, stick to your actions so if you say you're going to do that make sure it happens because people then not only people will trust you and your integrity the second thing is you'll trust yourself and if you don't do it and you lie to yourself more often than not what's going to happen over a period of time you won't even trust yourself and then an opportunity will arise, good or bad, and you get in a position where you say, oh, oh, you start to create self-doubt before you even go into that scope. And people do that all the time, and that's part of their life. They just go through that linear change of, of what people expect them to be, and they live up to everybody else's expectations, whether it's your parents, whether it's you know, the community or people or friends around yourself, rather than just being themselves. And I cannot express how much that statement you made before find your passion be you do you and you'll just show up man and you'll love every single moment 100 percent. it's Uh, there's power in it there's uh, power in it and i think that's almost like it's bred out of us a little bit in the modern world like it's you look at the schooling system and i look back to the schooling system and i think man like I, i was so off track like i was smart at school but i was so off track with where I was going to end up or what I was going to do. Like I thought Crazy. I thought I had it figured out and I was just so far away from the truth and I think that led to uncertainty for a lot of years. Absolutely. That ultimately leads to frustration and you feeling a little bit lost. Um, so I'm grateful I found my path and I think I say to people all the time there's this quote I love. I don't know if you've ever heard of Boyd Vardy. He's a lion tracker in South oh, Africa. No. And he says, when you're following the track of an animal or particularly a lion... Sometimes you find yourself on track and then you find yourself lost. Yep. The track's gone. You don't know where you are, where the animal's gone. Yep. And he said, the path of not here is powerful wow. because all it takes is you trying to refine that path. If you can't, you realize you've gone in the wrong direction, cross that one off, try again. Yep. And he said, as long as you try, enough wrong paths lead to the right one. Absolutely. And that would be my advice. And I think we, we get caught up in this... Oh, I'm 25. Everyone else around me has got a secure job now. Oh, man, I need to find a secure job. Yeah. No, you just need to find your path. So just keep trying things. If it's, you know, if it's a podcast, then it's being a fitness trainer or um, a mental health advocate in working in group homes or whatever it is, just try things. And eventually you'll find something that you wake up in the morning that smiles on your face in that first five seconds and you think, man, I'm I'm keen to get after today. And that's usually when you know. 
Absolutely, like great analogies from it all. And uh, honestly, I can't tell people enough. I, th- I agree with you with the schooling side of things. You get people who are passionate, you know, these young kids that are passionate about anything, right? It could be sport, could be playing football, could be anything, um, art. And all of a sudden they're told, hey, don't draw in class. Mm. You know, and this kid might be the next Picasso or whatever, you know, some artist. I'm not, not, not the best um, person to go down the art path. But in, in general, you, we're stopping someone who wants to express themselves down one particular path and saying, hey, <coughs> here's the lessons we're going to learn today. And we found with the school's programs we do with the kids, they switch off. And unless there's something that they want to learn they zone out you know I come into a conversation with a person and they hate woodwork and I start talking woodwork you zone out it's like you go oh yeah I have this conversation not to be rude and respectful to the other person but in general then they're they're not in it and they're not going to sponge that up because it has no relevance to them and I think this is where schools these days you get you're starting to see a lot of change as I said people can start to choose different thing in public schools my dog is just loving on fire that. today. Um, loving that bit of fun. Li- literally, I've never seen her so um, vicious. She is the line you just spoke about. But in general, we do. We send these kids down these paths and, and then they come out and same thing. They're battling because they're so ingrained now. They've done it for so many years, schooling, that the belief is now that I'll go into uni. Or mm. now I'll find a job in between and then I'll go into uni. And if I don't, I'm not, I'm not good enough. And guess what? If I don't be a doctor or, or a, a, um, a, a professor or something of that nature, then I'm not good enough. I've failed. And, and the biggest thing is, imagine, well, you look at TikTok at the moment, it's blowing up, and I, not just on a dancing sense. People, when you mentioned TikTok, when it first came out, there was a lot of dancing, dancing stuff music, on there. Yeah. But there's so many entrepreneurs making millions of dollars following their passion. Anything, talking about clothes... Yeah cooking food whatever it may be right and they're getting paid mega money following their passion and i think it's a great opportunity and platform and some of these kids aren't even past the age of 18 so Mm. um follow your passion and i you know i can't get on the back end of that honestly i don't i used to surf as a kid but mate if you go down to a beach and you want to know what passion looks like watch any surfer with their board walking out to those waves on a good day and watch the smile on their face as they're carrying that board because as i said i haven't surfed since i was a kid but just that's what you want to encompass when you wake up every single day and go into your passion around what you love to do and as long as you doubt yourself around your passion you're going to hold yourself back yeah. and create those self-limiting behaviors thoughts and beliefs you know what i love there's there's a recent podcast guest that i had is his name's nathan he calls himself uncle nathan he's sort of like a, a young fellow who post-school has created what he calls a post-school podcast and it's helping kids study through school find passion out of Ooh, school and really set up their life like you said in that really tricky stage of you've gone from having structure for the first 18 years of your life to, oh my god now I've got to figure it out myself yeah he's trying to bridge that gap for people and and he goes back into schools as a tutor yeah and he was talking about in particular this one school that he's been tutoring at and working with they invited him back there and he said they've got this program where basically what they've done is they've taken the school curriculum and broken it down to make it as minimal as possible so all the units and subjects they need to complete, they've yep. built it down to the basics of it. Love that. And then they've created an extra part of the curriculum called Life by Design. 
And life by design is where you get to explore the creative urges, the academic urges, the things that aren't built into the current system. And I almost think that applies good to life. Because most people that listen to this show are between the ages of 20 and 34. And that's a really formative part of your life. Absolutely. They're they're those days where you really find who you are, who you're not, what you're meant to be doing. And I think to almost build your life out into a curriculum and say, well, if I can't seem to find purpose or passion in my job, where can I find the time for that outside of work? Or where can I find the time outside of my nine to five to go, okay, how can I create something that's purpose or passion driven so that I can make the transition? Because a lot of people just get caught in the rut of, well, I don't have time. I've got to go to work. I've got to come home. I've got to take the kids to school. I've got to do these things. Absolutely. It's too late. It's too late for me. Absolutely. What are you going to do? Live a life that you're unhappy with and just wait to die? Like that scares the hell out of me. I think, Pete, to give context to people, I only changed my life 12 years ago and became successful over 12 years. Within, I think it was within two years, I had a TV show at that point in time. So um, awesome. after 15 years of being in jail, in custody, um, in and out of boys' homes, in and out of jails, and living that destructive life for longer than that, obviously probably a good 25 years, easy, um, from when I was 12. So yeah, probably by, you know, I'm 48 at the moment, and I, 12 years ago I was 36. So you gotta look at the yeah, amount well. of time I spent from a 12-year-old to 30, 24 years in that lifestyle. So you look back on it um, and those formative years that I transitioned and, and went into the path of destruction and how long it took me to get out of there. And um, I, going back to what you said uh, initially about or, uh, about the lifestyle that I was living, I think it's, um, and what you've just said there, you can transition at any age, even if you're I 50 but find your passion and believe it and make it a priority. Always, People say, I don't have time. I always say, then it's not a priority to yourself. Mm. If it's a priority, you'll make time. If it's not, you'll make an excuse or you'll find an excuse. And even with kids, you know, I know people that... And the reason why, because once I transitioned, I became a trainer, nutritionist. I was always qualified as a trainer for a long, long time. Um, it was my excuse to wash away some of my money back in the days, but... In general, that allowed um, me to see people because I'd sit down and have intimate comp- conversations about their life. And yeah. it really taught me, and growing up the way I did and being in custody, you learn a lot about people and how they're, they're set. And then I started to say, what if you did it at 5 in the morning instead of going to bed at 12 o'clock at night and watching those two Netflix movies? Skip one of those. So you still you obviously enjoy Netflix. Skip one of those. Get up at five in the morning and yeah. do your workout before your kids get up at home. Because if you go to the gym, you're a single parent, it won't work. So you need to buy some dumbbells, find an online trainer and make it happen for yourself because your health's worth it. And if you're sick, who's going to look after your kids? And then we start to teach people, hey, shit, that's a priority to myself. Definitely. And, and then they start to go, hey, you, you know what? You're right. And I've, I've, I've enabled my behaviour. And I was the same. I didn't enable my behaviour by not looking within myself as to what was important. I was just following as much as people said, oh, you're great, you know, you, what you did, you were a leader in everything that you always did. And I was very innovative around crime back in the day and we went through these transitions from ram raids to um, bank robberies and so forth. And that, that 
transitioning, stealing Porsches and, and so forth, st- stuff of that nature. I was always trying to do it at the best level, and I don't mean that in a, um, any way, shape or form where I, I promote it, but to give context to yeah. the conversation, that I was always striving to be the best in what I was doing. Now, you can do the same principles or use the same principles for yourself. If I can do that in a short period of time, then anybody can. It just comes down to how much you want that thing to happen. And I always look at three principles, your happiness, your quality of life, and your success. And what's that look like for yourself? Write it out, journal it out. Do that on a regular basis. Go for some of those walks, maybe have a moment, some clarity behind that. If you've got kids, obviously that's going to come down to when they go to bed probably and journaling, have a journal book by your bed. Write out what's important to yourself and you're starting to then tap into that inner peace when you've got time to do so. And people say, oh, you know, but that's my time to sort of really relax. What if you took that time and you started to utilise that by journaling that, that created more time for yourself, not just that hour. And people get caught up in this salary, same thing, going through uni, coming out, working you know, in a job that they hate, driving into work, um, oh, this traffic's shit, it's terrible, and whatever else, because they're going in for a financial gain rather than a, you know, something that lights their soul up. So Definitely. really find what your purpose, vision, and why is by writing that out. Journal out where you're currently at, where you want to be, around your happiness, success, quality of life, and then what's the steps that you take to, to make that happen? And that's you know, just a bit of advice to everyone that watches this podcast. Really sit down and you'll be blown away. And then when you've done that, I want you to go to your current weekly planner or diary and have a look at how much of that happiness, success, and quality of life sits in your current diary. And we do this with everybody, and we find that 99% of people don't have what makes them happy, what their success looks like, or what their quality of life looks like within that weekly planner. And, and you know, someone might say, I want to travel four times a year, but I only make $800 a week. And I'm like, that's where your mind's set. Which your mindset, mind is set. It's around that $800 a week, which means I can't travel because I've got kids and I only got $50 spare a week. Shift your mindset and you shift your mentality to create a better reality for yourself within your life. So mm-hmm. that one hour that you could spend at night, my advice to you is take it and use it um, and treat that time, because it's the most precious commodity to me on this planet, well for yourself so that not only you benefit, but those within your circle. And if you've got kids, they're going to benefit from those actions that you take in that hour. If you've got, you know, you're sitting there watching the Netflix and then, saying to me I wish I was on holidays or I wish my kids had more we're in control of ourselves and that's where I, I won on so many levels because I still had that leadership around the actions that I was taking that I took into the next part you know the positive journey yeah I love what you said there about time being your most precious commodity because I honestly believe no truer words have been spoken and and it's interesting I actually had this conversation with an Uber driver yesterday heading yeah. from Burley to wow. the airport and his name is Will, 77-year-old guy, does Tai Chi at 6.30 every morning. Looked like he was maybe in his mid-50s. Wow. And I was like, Will, mate, you don't look 77. You look phenomenal. And we're having a conversation and I said to him, you know, like, what's your life been like? What did you do for a job? And he was telling me he was actually the Mr. Whippy in Auckland wow. for a lot of his life. And he said, I come home one day and I said to my wife, you know, let's go back to the Sunshine Coast. And she's like, oh, we don't have time. And he said, you see, that's our problem. Like, time runs us. We don't have control of our life. He said, this money we're always chasing, we can always go get more of it. We can always earn more back. 
We can always work a little bit harder, but you can't buy back that time that we're losing. Let's make a change. And they sold the business and they, they become in control of their time again. And I sat there and I listened to that and I thought, they're really wise words from a guy who seemed as though he was in a really good place in his life from that short bit of time that I got to spend with him. And I think of that in many ways too. Like I've been, you know, I've, I've been at a stage in my life where I had $35 to my name waiting for a house to sell yeah. so that I could afford to live. Um, and I was so happy. Yeah, absolutely. I was so happy because I was spending my time doing the things that fueled me, that gave me that sense of meaning and purpose. And I think you've just got to, like you said, sit down and, and get a little bit um, critical with yourself, a little bit of critical analysis and self-awareness. When you look at that week, yeah. I think it's easy to just think, oh, you know, I'm doing things okay. But when you break down that week, like you said, and you go, how much of this actually gives me that sense of fulfillment? I think people would be pretty surprised there's not a whole lot of it. Absolutely. So. I, you, you, hit it, you hit it on early on in the podcast, you know, wake up, get ready for work, go to work, come home, cook, you know, maybe maybe play with the kids, but yeah. maybe not because I've got to cook for the kids. Yeah. And, like, you're going to repeat that process for how long? What's Until you change it, here's, a, here's another little tip. It's scary to change because we're comfortable. Like, mm. We're really comfortable with who we are and we just get in a cycle of waking up, going to work every day and that's just you know, predictable for yourself in general. As soon as you can shift and change that and say, hey, no, I'm not comfortable with this and I want more out of life, that's where the magic happens. And to do that, you have to journal as to what that looks like for yourself because it's not in your current weekly planner and you're going to wake up, make breakfast tomorrow morning, head in in that traffic or wherever it is, head into work, get to work, hate your day. As soon as a customer serves you up the wrong way, you're going to you know, sit there going, mate, I hate my job. You want and to then, implode. And guess what you're going to do tomorrow? Show up to the same job that you hate. And people do it for years and years and they get the 60, 70, 80 and they go, yeah, I wish I'd gone to the pyramids or whatever it is that you wanted to do. Started a business, moved yeah. from New Zealand to to Australia, and what a great story from you know and, and, yeah. and a takeaway. Um, but we do, we just take time for granted, and you know I think when you do fifteen years of custody, you re, you sort of sit there, and I look back on it, and there was so many. The, the only thing I can do, I don't look back, and and that's another tip to people: don't when you focus on one thing that becomes your whole life. And if my focus is negativity, every day I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna be in that predictable future of negative um, actions around my reactions that I want within my life and the emotions that attach to that set me off and maybe I play a song to try and feel better. Then I see Sal and I'm going, oh, maybe Sal's gonna pick me up. We get in this life of just um, what's predictability, but it's not around what lights you up every single day. And similar to yourself, I've been in, and we've been in these points especially during COVID, where our business took a huge hit um where you know we haven't had as much as we've normally had in the bank account mm. but i've been fulfilled just being able to talk to people like yourself and share advice that we can pass on to people so they live a more fulfilled and happy life and um, as long as we're not just damaging or being destructive within the community and we're being proactive and productive around that happiness success and quality of life to help others live that then uh, you know Every day is a good day that I wake up with a beautiful partner and, and uh, a crazy um, <laughs> Lion King dog tearing up this. I uh, like literally. A little bit of Clark up. Rubber foam, just <laughs> loving it. 
Maybe the cheapest dog toy on the planet. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to start keep buying those. Start buying at home. There's another little tip for yourself. Get some foam and just throw it down and they just tear it up. That'll, that'll keep you entertained for days, eh? Absolutely. I'm, I'm really interested to dive into a little bit. You spoke about their, um, sort of the period of crime in yeah. your life and um, ram raids, bank robberies. You deal a lot in mental health now. I wonder how that plays an effect on your mental health because, like you said, you were somewhat of an innovator yeah. in that field of crime. I'm really intrigued by when you're in that life of crime, when the stakes are so high, when it's your life on the line and your future on the line, what's your mental state like all the time? Are you constantly stressed? Are you constantly, constantly, I should say, anxious about, am I going to get caught this time? Am I going away? Like, how does that feel? Yeah, you're constantly trying, you're living in this constant state of fear, paranoia, because Obviously, doing what we're doing was at a higher level, and we're constantly under surveillance at every car. You know, grandmother could look at you wrong, and all of a sudden, your mind would just take off 100 miles an hour. And I think that was destructive on a mental health level to me, no yeah. end, to the point where these days, if I see a police car, I still sort of look, but I, I've got it. It's something that I'm currently challenging myself, and that's been 12 years since. 2003 was my last offence, 2022, it's been a 17-year period since. Yeah. Um, I did do a seven-year um, sentence in Melbourne for a bank robbery at that point in time, got out in 2010, and, um, you know, there's been transitions 12 years later I've, I'm still working on, and that's coming out of that lifestyle. They're so ingrained, mm. and this is important. It's not just about criminality, this is about your mindset and how it is set yeah. in general, and once you can shift that... Um, that's where the magic happens. But to shift it, you've got to be so uncomfortable and, and you've got to get out of the emotion of that's okay and it's just totally normal. Because yeah. what you're doing is allowing it and enabling it to hold you back from everything that you want to be within your life. Well, that's the challenge. It's almost like a rewiring, isn't it? Because Absolutely. I was just thinking about that then and like... I could only imagine how paranoid I'd be in that yeah. situation. Every time you heard a siren, you'd be like, is that for me? Every yeah. time someone's looking a little bit sus looking at you the wrong way you're like is that an undercover absolutely you so, couldn't you couldn't sleep probably. I, I bloody bet so where, like where did that begin because that's a, that's a huge step to take like it's one thing to you know it's all crime but it's one thing to like nick something from a shop it's another thing to rob a bank like absolutely. that's that's the movie stuff and it, you sort of hit the nail on the head we as kids um the parents didn't have yeah, I think it was just that whole time frame. A lot of people struggled and um, we were surrounded by an environment where they didn't know how to probably live the best life, I suppose, yeah. the right actions. And um, me and my brother just went out to survive. And we, if you didn't get home by a certain time, you missed out on food. Then we'd try and sort of go around and sit around other people's houses in hope that they'd offer us food um, yeah. and be too embarrassed to ask. But it got to a point where people would know that. But by that point, it sort of went, we already started crime. We got into a canteen, we eat, and we're just sitting there eating some food, me and my brother, and literally um, we found a bundle of money in the Red Frogs, uh, the, the old Red Frog story. Mm. And literally from that point of time, I went, wow, this must be in all the shops. So let's go and get the money out of the shops and we can buy whatever we want. And that money as a young kid lasted forever. And I was, me and my brother, didn't tell anybody and we had the money on us and we kept buying meat pies or whatever it was then as a kid you know super dupers um but that's where it evolved and it shows you how 
easily that can transition and involve in, uh, in, evolve into something based on the environment that you're in because everything that I was learning it was just about making sure you survive and if they taught me how to make money or they taught me how you could make more money that was the only way I, I knew amazingly I was still attending school my grandmother was kicking my butt at the time and um, I actually I loved school um, but I was really caught between school and then rioting at night as a young kid yeah. and then going back to school the next day like nothing happened and I think even that alone you gotta I don't know what I was thinking to be honest as a young kid I was just thinking that those that had my back I needed to have their back yeah and um, I think that's an important it's an important lesson too it's some to, for me to get out of my lifestyle and the, the one that I was in I had to say hey I know these people being loyal to yourself but is it really is it serving you around what you want out of life that thing you've spoken about before that passion that happiness that success and I was like yeah it's great but you know is it worth if it costs you your mental health it costs too much that's a little saying yeah. that I like to say quite often and to me I, I couldn't even drive down the street and get pulled over then look at you know oh is this was that a surveillance car and yeah, you know, then you're sleeping here and always in the backyard. You jump out and you're walking out in the. Who does that? People yeah. go home. I go on holidays and I check if all the doors are locked when I go to sleep. So no one, because I know what people have done and come into custody for. Yeah, so I know that there's people out there like that, and um, and they won't know that I've got a record. And they're walking in a dark house. They're going to do what they need to do. And I think that for me, people don't think along those. They go on holidays. They go on. They're like, how Relax, good is this? Yeah exactly right because your mind set in that you know in that set mind and i think that's you know something that i um it, it has taken its mental toll something you touched on before too was i became traumatized recently probably within the last two years because i realized what i'd done to other people i was so mm-hmm. set in my mind that i just was like i'm surviving and if you're going to get in my way i'm going to do what i need to do and yeah that was the mentality around it that wasn't cool but then two years ago like wow what about all the mothers the the parents the people you know that have maybe and still carry to this day and i did a radio interview once and he said if you could speak to your victims of crime or victims of crime in general what would you say i said mate if you've been a victim of crime especially even one of mine reach out to me i'm going to have a conversation with them i'll do all i possibly can to tell you why it happened and not to justify it but then say hey just know it was more about survival it wasn't about being crazy and we never had the intent to go in and you know hurt anybody as such but it was just about us surviving and has anyone ever reached out no that was and that was from a melbourne radio interview okay um, and no one had and by all means same thing if anyone ever sees this and you even if you're not a victim of my crime and i can help you not that like there's no justification for crime but just understand that a lot of people when you sit down in custody and that creates change and for me even though i've been through custody sitting down with people and listening to what they're telling us and it's something my grandmother taught me listen and learn and then we can learn from these people because we can send them to jail all you want they just on my network became wider my um what's the word my viciousness i suppose like the willingness to be more vicious as it went along i didn't go from you know eating something in a canteen to bank robberies by not having some form of hardness behind that yeah and that's what we're doing to you know people that we throw into custody i like there's people that 
are just way out there. When you're sitting in custody, you're like, whoa, this, this bloke's going to do some damage somewhere. And then there's people that are just literally, they've just never been taught the right way. And their programming is set a particular way. And it's like you going into work. Most people will take the same route every <coughs> single day to work and the same principle then. They're just taking the same principle same way to work every single day and that's all they know as soon as we say hey you can do the same thing and probably use your skills in a better way and make 10 times that they'll be like how do i do that Mm. because people always want to know the benefit and value towards them as an individual and how their life can be more enhanced right and if i said but you're not going to be a criminal no more but you're going to be a salesperson they're like yeah but how do i do it that's all we, and that little shift in conversation similar to ours will allow you know me to see something like yourself the way you've grown up how you conduct yourself I'll take bits of that and I'll walk away and be a better person for it and that's and how we learn and grow yeah. you know and same thing in the business field we're never going to become millionaires or billionaires if we're surrounding ourselves with people on a dole and I mean that in the nicest way if you choose to get be on a dole maybe it's because of medical reason maybe but because that's the life that you want to live totally up to yourself but in general if we do want to be the millionaire billionaire what's that look like how can we replicate that you want to be an athlete in the nrl um, nfl whatever it is you know nba how can we be that if we're just sort of you know we're wandering down the park having a few shots in at the ring like every other person we should be down there at six in the morning doing a two-hour session then doing some sprint work doing you know flexibility and, and all of this uh, above stuff but we'll never know what that looks like if we've never been shown well we've heard it many times before right and it's so true you are a byproduct of the people that you spend your time with and for me i've probably noticed that recently where a few situations in my life where i'm, I'm really blessed one of the great things that um one of the great recognitions for me is I have an incredible community of people around me awesome. and I feel so grateful and so blessed for that. But I've had a few scenarios in maybe say the last two years where I've been a little bit more aware of how important and how impactful that community has been for me and the way I react and respond to things where I've been in situations where someone um, I've had an interaction or some form of relationship with has reacted in a way that I thought was wrong. Yeah. And I was able to sit back and go, mm, I understand, because I'm looking at the community around them, yeah. and I understand why they would react that way. Because yeah. those people that they're spending their time with are predispos- predispositioned to act that way if they were in the same situation. Absolutely. They're learning by, by watching what's unfolding around them. So, you know, you couldn't have said it better. One, one thing that I'm really interested in is the evolution of your crime. What fueled that? Was it fueled by... Um, a greater need to like, okay, we're, we're hitting up these red, red frog jars, this is providing us with some form of money, there's a greater financial stress and a need for greater financial gain yeah. off the back of this, or was it fueled by, okay, how far can we push this? Was there like a little bit of a thrill seek to it? Like, what yeah. comes into play there? It was, to be straight out and honest, I look back on it and I think to myself, same thing, people go, was it to be who you are, oh, you're Jeff Morgan or, or whatever it was in that world at that time, had nothing to do with it. It got to bank robberies and the reason why that meant when I got that amount of money, I could live with for longer without having to do one thing every single day. So it became reduced... Reduce the consistency of crime absolutely by increasing the volume of per crime. 
Absolutely. And what could make me more in a short period of time so I don't have to do it more often and impact other people. So I was very conscious of that. It, like my parents were really good people like on, in the sense of um, their nature yeah, and that's what still was instilled with me. And then I learnt the hardness over time, and then combined that both together to make who I am today. And I, you know, I'm grateful. Same thing for what they did teach me, and I took it on board. And um, I think the yeah, that was it. Like I didn't, I, I never really got into. Hey, I want to be Jeff. Moore. I want to be a, a movie. I want them to make a movie, mate. Um, and I've had conversations with people about hey that you should make a movie about your life and um it was never about that i didn't care and i always got my name suppressed when when we got charged because i knew at some point i was going to transition out of that life um yeah funnily enough i'll be sitting in the cell and say no i don't want my name in the papers so my name never as far as i knew ended up in the papers yeah um and I did, nor did anyone ever say, hey, you're in a paper with your name in it. And I was never proud about it. It was something yeah. I did. So that taught me, you know, it wasn't about that. It was just honestly a survival thing that turned into how can I do it better? So I don't, and then I was starting to look into how can I change? Who can I surround myself with and learn? You look at a lion and it's, you know, new little cub. And how does it learn to go out and hunt at one point in time? It says, watch me, I'll show you what I do. And this is what we do and all of a sudden they learn right and the same principle for me i was like what did that person do what's that person doing and i'd surround oh do you want to catch up for coffee and i didn't sit there and say hey you want to you want to catch up and talk about how i can change my life it's more about let's have let's have a coffee or feed have a conversation what are you doing later work i work what do you do after work or having oh we play basketball reckon i could come and play basketball and that was my I'd go and play basketball with all people that weren't getting into trouble how was work today oh I did my tax return what's a tax return so I was just learning and picking yeah. up I was probably too embarrassed to ask a question to be honest at that point in time and it's funny because people look up to me at that in that world oh you're such a leader but I was so embarrassed to I felt it almost belittled me in my own head to be asking that question you're too good mm. for that and I that was a, a lesson I learned over time. Drop the ego and not worry about what anyone thought. And I had people saying, hey, you know, you you got a great name and you let go of it. And I, I don't even care because it, it, my ego isn't there. My ego is about my family, my kids, the community and everything else. And I learned at that point in time. And as I said, about two years ago, I started to say, hey, far out. I've damaged probably a lot of people with the actions I've taken over the years. Um, and how can I... Yeah, you know, not how can I? I just I think I did it organically. What I'm doing, I'm glad to be given back, and I think that's you know um, a sad thing that I can't. I don't think there is a way of reaching out to the victims of your crime and and saying, hey, you know, I really want to say that I'm sorry for what I've done. Um, and is there any way I can help you in any way, shape, or form? Here's what I do, and you can do it for free. You can access my app for free. Um, and you know, by means, if I can help you in any way, shape, or form, uh, understand who I was, and um, hopefully that gives you some sort of closure on the destructive nature that I, you know, came across your path with. So um, it's yeah, it was never about just being a big name. Having yeah. A but if my and I always say this, if my movie or my um, actions can t- create reactions, positive 
reactions within the community, within people saying, hey, you know, I'll get a lot of people who come home from jail and I was so well known saying, hey, Jeff, you know, via social media, especially, hey, Jeff, because of you, I got off ice and I'm seeing my two young kids and I got my first job. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, but it's only labouring, and I say take away the only labouring, brother. The fact that you've transitioned out of your life, you're a champion and a warrior for your kids. Don't worry about what anyone thinks. People are going to knock you and run you down. That's the ego of that world, and live within yourself yeah. and the e- ego of your own world around your kids and, and what you want out of life. Um, and people, you know, it blows people away that they're like, oh, mm. I didn't think you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say something totally different. Yeah, I love that, brother. It's it's so nice to see you taking those steps now. Like, And like we said earlier on in the show, if people can learn from a guy who's done it, who's been there before, um, you know, that that's the best first-hand learning you can Absolutely. have. I'm, I'm interested as to, I guess, your time in, in jail. Was that where the transition was for you? Like, was it whilst being in there, being maybe a little bit more alone with your thoughts or being surrounded by, I guess, the the rawness and realness of consequences that come with those actions or did it come outside of jail no i'd say definitely in jail so it changed me and yeah i've got to be grateful for every i try and look at all the positives of life because as soon as you focus on the negative you find pain as soon as you look at the positive you find happiness so for me what was the lessons i'll learn out of each situation and jail like it's i look around and 90 percent of jail on drugs and they're chasing the drugs within it's like little ants walking in and out of cells and then there's the trouble in the background of that and then you know it's just and i was sitting there going is this what you really want for the rest of your life and i think the last time when i got convicted i was sitting in a truck because i was the only one that went to trial out of all the the boys that were there and i was sitting in the back of the truck coming back to um port phillip prison in in victoria and i had a mate i burst into tears and i didn't even know why and I just think, I don't know if I knew my life in that world was over or, or I was like, you just can't, do you want to keep going down this path? I was in segregation at the time because they found, found a mobile phone in my cell and I, I really went back to, the cell was empty, no TV, no books, no nothing. And I went back and just sat there and I wrote out a heap, of, I had a pen and paper, wrote out a heap of thoughts. And I was looking at it saying, you just don't want this life anymore. And what's that look like to change? I came out of, um, and, and it's who you surround yourself with, I came out and there was a professor walking down the pathway and he's like, mate, you look like a smart guy and I was like, yeah, you know, obviously had a bit of a conversation. Would you like to do a university degree? And I was like, here? And he's like, yeah, you could do it here. And I was like, what's available? And the rest was history. I, I took that path. Along the journey of boys' homes, jails, I was always educating myself, whether it was computers, MYOB, anything that I was passionate about, what could create and shift change, business studies I did. Um, and that shift, you know, really allowed me to interact with these professors, teachers. What's that look mm. like? Why do you do that? And then how would that? How would I do that? And I was getting all these answers and I was, ta- I was someone who sponged everything up if there was a benefit and value. And that's a, a huge tip to people. Find the benefit and value to yourself around anything. Not in a bad way like where you use people, but more as to... The, the passion of your life that you want. Definitely. And, and share back to people. Knowledge, as an Aboriginal person, knowledge sharing has, has helped our culture for many, many years. Share as much knowledge with people because then you will never die on this planet. Your spirit will live on within the next person that you share that with and they might share it with their kids or family and that allows them to really 
um, your spirit as an Aboriginal person or person to live on this planet forever and because people just pass that on and power of storytelling hey absolutely so these podcasts are priceless i think for people that you know they'll, they'll take nuggets some things they'll just brush over but something they'll say hey that's me or i feel they're talking to me and i feel that that was benefit and value to myself and how you shift and create that change and i came out and i, I studied for that period of time i was doing a seven-year sentence i was about 18 months into a remand and then i just ser- served that time frame and in that same thing, I was just learning every course I could do around what was important to myself I was doing on a regular basis. It's interesting hearing that because you talk about throughout the boys' homes, throughout being in prison, constantly educating. There's there's almost like the angel on one shoulder, the devil on the other, the angel that's almost preparing yourself for the life that you're living now yeah. um, ahead of time before you even knew that was your path. You probably somewhat did know deep yeah. down. Um, and then this other side, which is keeping you in that life. And it's almost like you spoke about there being on that transport back to your cell, having that watershed moment and, you know, and crying. It's almost like that's cleansed and washed that devil off your shoulder. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is my path now. This is where I need to go. And it's, that's so interesting to me because as you touched on before, there's a quote and I've I've spoken about it heaps on the podcast in the last month because it really hit home for me. Yeah. This guy named Rich Roll. Rich Roll's a, a vegan ultraman over yeah. in um, over in LA. Yeah. And Rich was an alcoholic, um, working as a lawyer, um, living quite an uninspired life, financially yeah. driven. Uh, went from being a college swim athlete to heavy alcoholic and a guy who was quite overweight and had a bit of a heart scare on his stairs one night on the way to bed. And Rich had up a tweet in 2018. It was on the eve of his 52nd birthday. And it was really interesting to me because the guy, the guy that interviewed him, Tim Ferriss, I'm sure you're aware of Tim. Yeah. Tim's a great podcaster. And Tim said, I want to read this quote out um, to sort of give the, the audience an idea of who you are. Yeah. And he said, the tweet says, at thir- it says, at 52, I reached my, at, sorry, at 42, I reached my peak level of fitness. Yeah. At 43, I wrote my first book. At 44, I started my podcast. At 30, I thought my life was over. At 52, I realized it's just begun. And I sat back and I thought about that. And I thought, at times I've thought, I'm 25. Why have I not figured it out yet? Mm. You are never too old to figure it out. You are never too old to find that path that you're meant to be on or to change your direction completely, to do a 180 and head in the opposite direction away from the life that you've been living and I think that speaks to it your story speaks to that so much and I've got to commend you on being in an environment that likely fuels you to go back and be even more motivated to continue on the path that led you to there yeah, and to change your stars whilst yeah. being in that situation quickly I want to sort of go off track and talk a little bit about the stuff that you studied and maybe some of the things that really spoke to you whilst you were educating and learning yourself is there maybe like a favorite couple of books or um favorite parts of the university degree that really stood out to you yeah like well there was a heap of books inside that you can access and um rich dad poor dad was probably one of the yep. first things i got into in there and they were only brought in by the professor himself so i wasn't able to get into a lot of books that oh, i shouldn't say that 
there's a lot of books that were um, meaningful, but probably not what I would have read if I had the opportunity to read. Yep. Um, so I was just constantly trying to upskill myself. One of some of the best things I've learned within that system was someone I same thing the environment that you're in, right? And by I was in the villa section, I was being I was like, you know, I'm just gonna be good behaviour, I'm not gonna run a muck in jail. And I got into the villa section and there was a bloke there who'd come in, chief financial officer for a major organisation and he done you know, obviously made a bad choice and I was interacting with him every day and I was like, Yeah, gonna shoulda, woulda, coulda and all this slang talk and pig Latin and yeah, SJF, all you know, filled with swear, swear words, the whole conversation. He goes, Jeff, you're doing this university degree. What do you want to do with it when you go home? And I was like, Oh, you know, I want to, I want to go talk to corporates and that, you know, and and like that was sort of probably what well, it wasn't that um, level yeah. <laughs> for him, but give you a bit of context. And he he said to me, change your language to change the outcome. It became a module in my um, mm. mental health and well-being workshops because I recognised that my language that I was speaking was for that particular world and as soon as I shifted that it was one of the biggest lessons and all he'd grown up you know totally normal way um, private school the whole lot and I think that taught me a lot of values that I hadn't learned within that system so I surrounded myself with him I we were cooking he felt like oh maybe Jeff will give me protection he was cooking every day yeah, I learned okay. how to cook with him um, it was a win-win situation we were sharing knowledge but in a different way and some of the stuff I taught him he goes that was priceless I didn't know that that's or I didn't see people in that light or we had huge conversations and that was probably the best book I ever read was His Mind and um, mm, I love that and, and in the nicest way and I think um, Rich Dad Poor Dad was great the um, seven keys uh, the seven keys um, uh, Stephen Covey's book of um, the seven keys to yeah um, I, I loved it I, um, I get it out son seven I, keys got, to power Nah, it was too effective, hab- um, not habits, because I'm crossing over with a few people in my mind now. What's his different name? Books. Stephen Covey, um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's what the... Ah, yes, yeah, I've heard many things about this book. So, um, it's just, I went blank. I had, my yeah. mind was thinking all, all these books, and our biggest tip to people, read books. And these days, if you don't want to read and you don't have time to read... When you jump in your car to work, even if it's a twenty-minute drive, you got Audible, you got YouTube, you got this, yeah. you, know, you got so many podcasts and Definitely. people doing sharing. Like you've got professors that you can access that teach you about the mind on a deep level versus, you know, Stephen Covey. And I think that was for me, um, being productive and proactive was huge. Making your word your bond was already something that was strong to myself. Yeah. Being loyal to your own journey more than you are to other people's and I think a lot of people get caught up trying to please everybody else within life and they forget about themselves you don't have enough time as it is yet you're sharing most people share their time to other people to make sure that they achieve what they need to than yourself so um, if you've got that spare time make it for yourself and get comfortable with who you are then get uncomfortable being comfortable or get comfortable being uncomfortable with who you are and where you want to be and when you shift that oh, I promise you you're going to start to find it's an uncomfortable journey there's a lot of anxiety stepping into fear start saying yes to things but around 
what lights you up and uh, I promise you on the flip side of that um, you'll find a lot of happiness one thing that you touched on there I actually had a massive conversation about yesterday with my mate Steffi we were we were kicking back over some brekkie and burley and we're having a chat about language and you said there that like change your language change your life was one of those lessons that um, this fella gave you we spoke about how in in Australian culture right we've got like this funny language that we've built where you know you'll go down the beach and you'll see someone on Monday morning and you'll say ah buddy Monday what's on today and they'll go oh you know I'm actually gonna do a bit of work down the beach here and you go oh it must be nice yeah. Right? And we all do it. We're all guilty yeah. of it. Oh, it must be nice, eh? And then all of a sudden, even if you don't mean that, it's almost like you think you're supposed to say that because that's the societal norm. But then you go to work and you're thinking, man, I wish I was sitting down the beach to work today. Oh, my life sucks. That language starts to become how you actually feel, even if you didn't mean it to in the first place. Your language defines who you are. You start to become a product of what you say and it makes you feel a certain way and I said it's really interesting because I speak to people all the time and they go oh man must be nice just getting into the podcast studio and just talking to people for a living and I'm like actually it is it's incredible but don't forget that I sacrificed a lot of money every year and a whole heap of security to be here doing what I love so one man's challenge is something that comes easy to another man do not compare do not wish someone else's life on you or wish your challenges onto someone else. Sit back and you've actually got to assess it because you learn pretty quickly that the picture isn't as clear as you think it is when you're looking from close up. Absolutely. Sometimes you've got to step back to see the full picture and that language is something we've all got to get a little bit better at. And I try, I'm trying really hard to make that a part of, um, part of the way that I speak to people and interact with people. Love One it. I'm terrible for and... Yeah. Y'all know that I love you all, right? I love everyone, right? I'm one of those people who can get on with anyone. I love yeah. chatting to new people. But often I find myself bumping into someone. And I say, oh, good to see you. Let's get a coffee soon. Yeah. And I think about it and I think, I've never sat down face to face with that person before. I don't actually have time to get a coffee with them at the moment because I'm yeah. trying to prioritise a little bit of growth and prioritise my, my close friends and my family and yeah. some people that maybe I can interact and learn from and vice versa. Why did I say that when I actually don't intend to follow through on it? And Love it's it. language. Love it. We fall into these traps. So Let, it's, change um, the language to change the outcome. A couple of things out of that conversations are convenient. You go to a party, and if I say I'm a trainer, oh, I've wanted to lose weight, and yeah, and, and if I say, all right, let's, let's sign up right now and we'll start Monday, I go, oh, I've just got to, uh, and yeah. they stutter, right? Because it's just a conversation within a party to have. We're sitting there, we don't know each other. How can we enter? Oh, you're a trainer? Oh, yeah, I, I trained once and I used to be very few. That would be the line of conversation. The other, so change that. Really get into something that you can really connect on yeah, with people sure. and change that, exchange knowledge rather than a conversation of convenience. And that's a huge tip for anybody. And that's something that I do with people quite often. <coughs> if I say, hey, do you want to grab a coffee? I say, yeah, we should do that soon. I say, when are you free? Mm. I open my diary and do that because then I've got intent. But what's the purpose to... It's great to see someone, but if you just, you know, if they're doing woodwork, you don't like woodwork, it's, it's yeah, pointless. they yeah. might be an amazing person, but it's it's not a connection that's going to have any positive for either party. 
and time is precious and that, it's mm. not a knock on the person it just means that they're not your person in the nicest way and the other thing out of that um, conversations uh, uh, thing that you've touched on is a lot of people they wake up and it's raining outside and I say oh it's, what a shit day that's the first you know oh shit what a terrible day I put money on it if you spoke to someone wherever we end up whether it's heaven or wherever, whatever you believe within your own journey and said hey we'll swap you with this person if you appreciate it more than them and and you said that to both people and they say oh actually wait wait a second how beautiful is that the sound of rain and mm. how lucky am I to be alive and as soon as we shift that conversation we shift our attitude literally when you speak it's like like we're literally typing as we speak when we come out with whatever words we're coming out with and your brain will only hear what you tell them ultimately you wire yourself a particular way that becomes your software that then becomes the predictable actions of your emotions that turn yeah, you know you're sure. thinking you're speaking and then the emotion attached to that so if it's hey what a beautiful day and i'm lucky to be alive I'm going to go out on a bushwalk and all of a sudden you've really shifted that oh what a shit day into a powerful moment you get out on this bushwalk and all of a sudden there's a rainbow coming up and you're like oh this is meant for me and you know the day the whole just that conversation even seeing your smile from that conversation yeah. between between those two people shows me just how our brain functions on a level of understanding how we can shift that and to a tip to that if you do that and you're mid-sentence and I've done it on podcasts I've done it on lives and I've said something like it wouldn't be oh what a shit day but let's say it was oh you know what a terrible day outside guys then I'll be like actually you know what I'm really grateful to be alive and I'll do it on a live I'll do it anywhere because just the more I do that as a habit it becomes a ritual and over time that hard wires yourself we started with 1G and then I tell myself a new habit. Now we've got 2G, just so you get context. 3G, 4G, and now we're at 5G. And what that is, is bundles of fibers that literally run into your brain that send these um, uh, messages that allow you to then function at a higher level around a positive uh, nature on a regular basis, on a habit and ritual level. And when we do that, more often than not, we can really predict our own future by living in it by the way we speak, act and feel and I think people just don't um, understand the depth of that conversation so when you wake up you know, even if it's a terrible coffee what's the lesson you learn? if you go back to that coffee shop you might get that same terrible coffee um, but I'm lucky to be able to afford this because there's somebody, someone somewhere right now literally, you know, uh, there was a um, I don't think it was a Nobel Prize picture. It was some picture prize that um, of the vulture waiting for the kid to die. I don't know if you ever saw that picture. No. It's a beautiful, like, I shouldn't say it's a beautiful picture, but the bloke ended up committing suicide after it. They took the picture because he realised that we live in this crazy world and he took the picture and it won him a prize, but it was literally a vulture waiting for this young kid in Africa or somewhere of that nature to die. And I think when we take away and say, oh, what is she, coffee? Rather than say, hey, you know what, I'm lucky that I've even got this in my hand. Somebody doesn't have that right now. For sure. We, we constantly live within this um, realm of positivity. And people have said to me over time, oh, you're too positive. And I'm like, each um, best no, wishes. Something. And I just, I just keep going. 
oh, no problem have a great day and take it sure. easy because that's not you invite your circle in and if you're inviting that in and your network is destructive negative on a mindset a conversation an action level then what do you expect on the back end you can't expect positivity and as much as same thing if we did a bank robbery it might sound you know great and there was hundreds of thousands of dollars taken at that time the last one i got charged for as an example might sound great but what about all the stress in the background the Mm -hmm. mental health i wasn't sleeping properly to this day i've got to sleep with my door open if i hear a noise at my front door i sort of get up and i'm getting in the habit um, of having my back to the door where i wouldn't do that before okay yeah so you look back at that sort of depth of um people might go oh you know we can make hundreds of thousand dollars really quickly but and it's a positive in their eyes but the destructiveness in the background of your mind the people that you damaged you know your own kids my own kids I, I spent 15 years in custody and I wasn't no father by doing that at the start of their lives and um, you know that's all destructive and as people yeah. a shortcut um, of always look at the long journey and the long um, short term gain for long term pain and uh, to me, you know, my attitude determined my altitude at that point in time, and at, I just shifted. I went, you know, I'm going to really shift out of thinking that this is a great life and there's great money and big money in that. To hey, realistically, look at the damage it's done on so many levels, every level of life other than a financial gain. You know, like, that's so that's powerful. What yeah. you said just there, I think that's so important. And. You know, we're kind of getting onto the topic here of almost like gratefuls and things that we're grateful for. Um, That's become, thankfully, a little bit more mainstream in the last few years, especially the last two years through COVID. A lot of people were preaching that and and I love it. And something for me, it's, I wouldn't call it my gratefuls, I call it counting my blessings, right? It was a moment where training for my first marathon, I was five weeks out of hospital. Wow. And I'd... Um, just recovered from my bleeding lungs and my first bout of it and I was out on a long run Incredible. hot day hot day Jeff 20k yeah. run wow. first time I'm ever trying to run 20k's and I'm solo wow. two people I was going to run with didn't show up oh, nice. so I'm out there by myself and I'm just trekking through Pucky's Trail which is a trail on the beach down here in Gong and I'm running I'm hurting I'm 12k's in I was really starting to hurt I'm starting to doubt myself a little bit and I thought man I need to pick me up and I don't have anything on me to give me a little bit of a caffeine kick or a little bit yeah. of an energy boost. But I need to go a little bit internal here. And it made me think, and I actually wrote this down. I journaled this the other day and I shared this on my story. So you may it. have seen on Instagram, but this thing come to my head quite naturally. And it's something I've said every night before I go to bed every day since. And it's blessed to be out here because there were days I've watched the sunrise from a hospital bed, blessed to be running because my able body can, because suffering is my strength blessed to be healthy because there's a family saying goodbye to a loved one that are going to take their last breath blessed to be surrounded by the ones i love because somewhere someone feels alone in this world blessed that my worst day would be considered someone's best i'm blessed and that for me straight away it's like an instant kick it was like the most instant attitude and energy shift i've felt in a long long time And it just kicked me into gear and I crushed that run. And I remember sitting back after it and thinking, man, there was something about that. It changed the way my legs felt. It changed the way that my head felt. I had new energy. I was a new person out there on that run. I was a new athlete. And it's become a principle of, of daily practice for me before bed. And the reason I love doing it before bed 
is because sometimes what we might call a shit day or a challenging day becomes what the next day starts as yeah, if you don't absolutely. allow yourself to wash the slate clean. And for me, that almost washes that slate clean, puts me in a new headspace, puts me in a new frame of mind. And, and that's everything that you were touching on just there in, in different words and in another way. Find the positives out of any situation because they're bound to be there. Powerful. And, and that's the thing I love about your stories. Jim and I spoke about this a lot. When you've been through challenging situations or scenarios, and you might be sitting here, and I say this to people all the time, never compare your situation to another. Never say, oh, but man, they have it really hard. What am I whinging about? Because we all have challenges. You know, my challenge might be easy for you, but your challenge might be a breeze for me. Absolutely. Like, and, and that's a reality of life, and that's, I guess that's individuality, it's speaking to that. But I always say to people that use those challenges as almost like a training ground Love. to like be your best when life gets in a little bit of a flow. Absolutely. Like there's a reason that athletes do hard reps before a game day or before a fight. Yeah. Because, you know, train train hard, fight easy, as yeah. they say. Like Absolutely. that's that mentality. It all becomes things that you can go back to for strength. And I think in this world, like you're bound to face challenges. You're bound to have days that make you feel a little bit less than you normally do yeah. you're bound to come across things that feel like it's impossible to overcome you've just got to go back to who you are at the core and what have I been through before absolutely there's been this really interesting period of my life where a new life-changing life-saving drug for the cystic fibrosis community has been approved in Australia wow. and we've watched the world have really positive benefits and awesome. um, like life-saving effects yeah right and everyone in Australia has been hanging out for this, right? Because it's going to save lives. And sitting there watching and, and waiting on this decision, it took us two years longer than we thought it would, right? And, and I thought about it the other day and I'm like, you know, touch wood, fingers crossed, you know, it works for everyone because these things are unpredictable. Yep. Sometimes there's side effects and um, sometimes things don't go to plan. However, I sit and I think, if this does go to plan, if for some reason this works out really good, if this drug is the miracle that it's hailed to be, my life will change, yeah. right? Things that were once extremely difficult will become a little bit easier. Consistency of hospital visits and lung bleeds, all those things change and dramatically drop. And I thought about it and I thought, but God, am I glad for that 25 years of hardship because it created an absolute gladiator. Absolutely. Like that strength will transition into other areas of my life. Absolutely. It's taught me so much about myself that without the challenge, Maybe I would have been a little bit weak. Yeah. Maybe absolutely. I would have been like an egg that's not hard boiled, just ready to crack the minute it touches the surface. I and like that. and I think that's the lesson for so many people. Like, if you feel like things are in a rough stage at the moment, where it's just wave after wave, punch after punch, you're just copping blows. Um, let me tell you, when you're not, when you fight through that and you get to the other side, when the set stop mm. and the ocean, the water's a little bit calm. All of a sudden, you're like, I'm cruising, baby. It's, a, it's easy you know, money. This easy is easy money. days. Uh, going back to your run in general, people don't realise fitness, uh, and something I did, obviously, being inside so long, we train quite a lot to keep us sane, and it, 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 I cannot tell you how much it helped my mental health compared to those that didn't. And yeah, then obviously the even those that whether they were on drugs or not on drugs, both the effects of us train those that trained were a circle within the jail, 
and versus those that didn't and those that were on drugs that didn't as well so um, and then there was those that were on drugs that would train as well so it was a huge and you'd see the different types of people that they were like literally the circle was the same the same sort of um mentality around particular things whether it's foods how you acted how you spoke how you conducted yourself totally different people people and i think that's where a lot of the respect came from myself because i, I conducted myself a particular way i never got on never worried about the drug side of things and i think um taking you back to that conversation about you though and how that relates it's it's what you tell yourself right everything is you are speaking it and people was asking what what pre-workout do you take jeff and i was like i don't take anything and they're like, what do you mean? And like, I said, this is my pre-workout here. And, yeah. you know, I beat up, not beat up. I'm like, do, do you want to be that same person that you were before and just give up or, or not be that person that you possibly can be? What's beyond this? And mm-hmm. if I'm doing 10 push-ups, why not do 15 now? Why not do 20? Why not do 100 and get to it? And when I, you know, when I get to that point of pain, now I'm going to find 10 reps. And, and it's not just about physical exercise this is a mental thing that can push you past that 12 k's that you got to and and was really struggling and then i don't need no pre-workout i don't need anything to inspire me but myself and my own mind and the control i have within that and that mind control is just so powerful for anybody listening out there that if you can get into it you touch on a very and i mean this in the nicest way not to people but we are a soft edge society people just get hit once and they're like oh you know that's it i'm just going to stay within this whole lane and that's yeah. it and i'm not going to venture out even though i've got goals and dreams i'm going to take them to the cemetery with me because it's so scary out there and as soon as i stepped out last time i got hit by that truck and, and i was lucky i just it ran over my foot but I'm, I'm going to just stay in my own lane and i'm comfortable and i get in a vicious cycle even though it's damaging to them i want a partner i want to have kids i want to buy a house i want to travel more whatever it is right buy buy a lamborghini i don't know what you want to do but they just won't do it because the fear outside their bubble is is scary and even though they're in a bubble of destructiveness um, you know not being productive around what's important to themselves um that's causing anxiety stress heartache pain picking the wrong people because your circle now is in a circle where you, you're vulnerable to other people who are in a situation where they're not um, they're not the strongest versions of themselves in the nicest way yeah. and then you expose yourself to that and that relationship breaks down because there was no direction and drive from any either you within that and that soft cell uh, soft egg society that's what ends up happening they if they were already soft they go even softer because now they get like no I'm not going to trust other men or women and um, so the relationship part, I'll break it down. If they're not happy with themselves in, as an individual, now you're stuck by yourself within this vicious cycle of destructiveness around your own mindset. And people just live like that until they get to their elderly ages and they pass on and leave behind. You know, some of those people could be so passionate about science, art, anything within life, but they just won't take it up because we do we we don't in we don't deal well with the hits that we take within our life and people just got to realize life's going to hit you so effing hard that um it's just a reality you have to get to a position where how am i going to deal with this when someone dies within my family that i love you know my parents both passed away um i was from cancer um two brothers from uh, brother and sister suicide another brother from a preventable health issue now 
how could I deal with that and say, oh, my life sucks and if you, how come you didn't get that to your family or, and be bitter about it, but I can be better. Don't be bitter, be better. And that, that's the lesson I learned out of it. What's the lesson I can take out of every situation? And my dad dropped at home seven weeks later. They said, mate, he's going to last probably seven weeks. He had a brain tumour. And what was the, what can I do in this next seven weeks to get the most out of every single second that we've got time being that commodity again? And, you know, what can I learn? Let's have conversations. How did you meet mum? What did you do? You know, how, yeah, how was it growing up during that time? And all those conversations similar to ours will help me grab nuggets from him that I can use for the rest of my life to be the best of my life and pass it on to yourself in this conversation and you t- you tell your friends and his spirit lives within all of us and he never leaves this planet and yeah. that was something my grandmother taught me. So, um, yeah, cherish every, cher- cher- cherish every moment because it is precious and um, make sure you're reaching out, having the conversations with people that you... you that are important to yourself but most importantly just you know make sure you're tapping into yourself and who you want to be um the healthiest happiest most successful version of yourself write it down start to tap into that by making sure you're taking the first step on a regular basis and um have a look at stephen covey's book the seven habits of highly effective people it's a it's definitely an older book like he's an old school i think a lot of the old school guys had really good values models and beliefs and their principles ethics were really set strong and then use it in a more modernized world you know this new generation i think they're very driven around business um, and they're driven around passion business not business just to make money but hey i'm going to follow I'm going to do my podcast and at some point in time all of a sudden you've got millions and millions of views on your podcast and you get paid sitting down at the beach drinking coffee with your mates surfing or whatever right definitely and that that is where people they don't see the end light and they because they, they just they're working for their money and you always chase the money how much money do you want you know, you see, I, I interact with millionaires and um, we help them on a work-life balance as an example on a mental health and well-being level and they're not happy. How much money do you need? I say, you could retire now, buy a bunch of investments and have those that money coming on, in on a regular basis and spend great time with your family and friends. How long have you been doing this? I go, probably 30 years beyond what I should be doing it. I've got X amount of dollars on it. When, when do you expect to retire and enjoy that time with your family? And do you reckon you touched on it before? Reconnect it, that disconnect, um, and I think people just don't realise time will chew you up and spit you out. And if you don't think about it today, I promise you, my voice will ring in your head when you sit there in your elderly years, maybe down by the beach, going, "I wish I went to the pyramids. I wish I bought that, you know, mm. house, car, or whatever it may be." And I think. Um, let today's lessons be a sign for yourself to take the action to create the reactions you want within your life so it's a better life I love that man there's an old parable that really hit me for six when I was in that environment where I was chasing money and it was um, businessman takes his family to Italy for a holiday sitting down next to an old Italian local who's fishing off the jetty and he's fishing off the jetty and he catches a few fish every day and he goes home and he on the last day of his trip, he says to this old fisherman, he says, man, I can't wait until I can do what you do every day. That's the life, hey? Just fishing off the jetty, enjoying this beautiful place. And the old man said, why can't you do what I do? And he said, well, you know, I've got to go home and work hard for 50 weeks of the year. 
so that my family and I can afford to come here on holidays and fish for that two weeks. And he said, how do you afford to do it? And the old man said, well, I come down here every day. I catch enough fish to feed my family. I catch a few more. The sale of those fish helps me live a life by my means, not above it. And I get to do what I love every day. So you could do what I do, but you choose to have the unnecessary things that don't fill you with the happiness, success, or the joy that you're actually seeking. Crazy. It's ego. It's the, um, it's the crippling nature of society where we're built to believe we've got to have all these things that don't actually speak to us individually. Absolutely. So like you've said many a times for this podcast, just write down what you want, who you believe you are, and the direction you want your life to take. You'll find some answers in that. Uh, Power, very powerful story beyond words because you see people at barbecues oh I've got the new whatever four wheel drive some particular oh me too John yeah I'm going to get that too yeah I've been thinking yeah. about getting the particular brand of four wheel drive and all of a sudden that becomes a conversation of conversation of convenience and it's living up to everybody's expectation within that circle rather than saying hey I'm going to buy it. I know anything a little Datsun because that's just what I want mm. and, and being happy with your decision and not worrying about what anyone thinks who cares and if it's a Ferrari on the other end or something who cares as well best of luck to that person and if that if that fulfills you yeah if someone said oh would you buy a nice car you've got the money to do so it's oh, I could buy the car but will it fulfill me and if I got in that car, I would cherish every single breath of that leather interior and the sound of the engine and the drive, you know, the the power behind the drive or something of that nature. But I wouldn't get it because I need a Ferrari to make sure I, I'm worthy within society. And that's where we get caught up, trying to please everyone else. You'll never win trying to please it. You'll lose within life, I promise you. Because Definitely. What car you get? You get the Lamborghini. What car's next? Like, is there a car worth more than that? I don't, they might be right. So you get the top end car. How much? What are you going to do then? You're going to buy ten of them. You're going to next thing you're buying a Tesla, uh, Tesla spaceship. You know? Yeah, yeah. Then you're trying to get the spaceship and then fly to Mars and and all yeah. of the above, right? And you look at you know those people that are doing that down that path each day. And if that's filling them, and I say this yeah, to people, man. whether you're on the doll. And you get to sit back and, and walk your dog every day and that's the life that you choose to live. Just don't complain about those that are driving the Ferrari at the other end and vice versa or anywhere in between. And it's your life, but if you're not doing it on your terms and you're doing it for everybody else, you'll never, you'll never ever please yourself. So um, Definitely. journaling that really gives you scope of what you want. And people, you know, always say the old A to B, to, race we're in sydney now we were or wollongong i should say and we race to perfume and i i've got the gps i've got foods i've got fuel i've got a car you could just got a car and no direction and i tell you meet me in 10 john street in wa and like we know who's going to win and this is people understand the lesson of that and the depth of that you're going to get lost on that journey and yes you'll have adventures on the way but you and you might even find what's important to yourself on that way but in saying that, if you knew what your journey was and you went straight direct to, direct to that, you tell me that you're not going to find more happiness out of that. You know, if you're into art and you know, I know a lot of artists aren't making huge money, but then they transition, they get their art onto products as an example, and all of a sudden they're starting to make huge money painting, doing what they love. 
they go rock up to the studio and similar to what you said people say I wish I, you could do what I do and they say to me I wish I had your life I'm like you can the only thing is the same thing you're choosing to believe that this is all that's available to yourself technology these days allows us to access professors businessmen at the highest Tony Robbins is doing stuff all the time constantly that we can learn off yeah and of course people on a mindset level people so many different podcasts around so many different subjects and all the le- what are all the lessons we can take all that knowledge that we can take and acquire and really build our brain strength up or our brain IQ up um, on a level relevant to your own passion and when you do that I live you know I live for me and I don't mean that in a nasty way but it attracted Sal it attracted the dog it attracted the people that are in my network and I don't you know I literally in the nicest way said I'm going to curate my social media those that have been destructive I'm going to try to help you a little bit but then at that point and if that's a regular thing I, I, this year I was going to delete those people mm. because I want to open my feet up you don't want to sit down at a, a cafe and and music's blaring and you're trying to have a nice conversation with someone. Just as an example, they're serving terrible coffee, they swear at you or the service is bad, they spill it on. Do you reckon you'll go back to that situation? But we're doing life because our brain gets this neurological pattern of behaviour, this vicious cycle that we then tap into and we say... I know how to deal with that person or that cafe. I'm going to go there anyway, and I'm going to. It's going to be so uncomfortable. I'm not happy there, and I don't feel great when I leave there. But when I leave, what I do is I put music on, and it makes me feel good again. So we just go through this bad. It's just what we know, right? Yeah, and and that becomes a part of you know that thought process into an emotion, into a reaction, and then we go back through the healing process, and we're back at square one, and let's do it again. And people do that as a predictable life around destructiveness for the rest of their life. And you've got to ask yourself, what, how can I change that? Surround yourself with different people to journal what you want, take the actions behind the reactions you want within your life and make sure that they're consistent and regular and be ready to get slapped in the face, not by hand, but in by life. Life is going to, at one point in time, snatch someone from you on this planet that you're not expecting it to happen, give you a flat tyre, um, tell you you're not good enough, tell you you're not fast enough, fit enough, healthy enough, pretty enough, whatever it may be that you sort of beat yourself up on, but it's you and what you tell yourself when you look in the mirror every single morning that will get you over that line similar to your run. When I, I run out and I'm running, I think to myself like deep shit and you just got to think on this level like what if I was getting chased now by people and they wanted to actually kill me? That's my type of thought process. Would you You're just stop going running? deep with it. Would you stop? Yeah, like you do. And I seen um, Spanion did this the other day and it was so true. We did this a lot within the custodial systems and where we talked about if you come down, you're weak or whatever, right? So you'd start and you keep doing the chin-ups. That was a different level of it. But to me, I'd be out on a run and say, what if you had to run now and you were getting chased? Would you stop? Mm. and it gets you past that little sticking point that comes up in our heads that says I'm not fit enough I'm not this is too hard it's getting hot my feet are hurting it's all uncomfortable right you push past that 
and then mm. there's this breakthrough within your life and the sa- and that same principle it doesn't have to be on a run it could be in a family situation of letting go and making sure you distribute your time to those that are positive you can still catch up with your family and friends but you just know that when you're in it the in the nicest way their energy leeches so they suck the living energy out of yourself and then you go through that vicious cycle to build yourself up to a positive nature again Please do yourself a favour, surround yourself with the right people and take the actions day in, day out around yourself and live for yourself. And what's meant to be in your, your vibe will attract your tribe, birds of a feather flock together, that type of mentality. It'll just Definitely. happen organically. Um, and you, the abundance of life, uh, and if you've got the gratitude in the background, the abundance for life then just becomes so much more enhanced. But um, it, it's it's really about yourself and, and understanding, you know, even the airplane analogy where the, the oxygen drops down, people get caught up, you put it on the kids or you put it on somebody else to save them and they can't hold it and you, you then don't get the oxygen, you pass out and they can't hold the oxygen, they pass out as well. Save yourself first and then organically your circle will, will um, sort of vibe out from that position so true it's um you can't fill someone else's glass unless you've filled your own 100 um, i love everything that you said there's some really beautiful words man we've been going for a minute here an hour 40 and let me tell you it's a hot box here in the studio <laughs> we're, i'm sweating up a storm <laughs> the old mullet's dropping a couple of little sweat beads down the back of my neck so i reckon we're gonna um when i finish this up i feel like we've got so much power so much raw energy and and really honest conversation in this podcast that I can imagine people from all walks of life will be able to take some gem from this. Like you said earlier, um, you don't have to be in the world of crime or you don't have to be in the world of health and fitness and um, mental health as you are now to gain something from this. This really applies to everyone in all stages and all areas of life. So find those gems, um, sit you know, hopefully you can go back and listen to this for a second time, even after the first time, and, and make some notes. Absolutely. Sit down with that notebook and really pick apart what works for you and what you can apply to your life. Um, mate, I'm, I'm a massive fan of yours. I'm so glad Appreciate that James connected us and, and your story for me sprung out, really hit me in the face and said, okay, I've got to share this because there's some power behind it. And awesome. um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for making your way down to the gong. Yes. Are there any wise words you'd like to leave off on? Um, your personality will create your personal reality and I think that's a huge think about that take that away listen to it again your personality will create your personal reality and um, you know if you're in negative um, set of mind uh, your mindset remember the old mindset split those two words up um, that's going to create what you get out of life and if you surround yourself with the right people happiness success quality of life you look at life in an abundance and gratitude um, it changes how your brain operates it literally does and all of a sudden things will start to happen will bad things happen within your life always it's a part of life but if we start to get that acceptance i can sit at a funeral and it's not because i'm cold but I just say it's part of life. And I always think, why don't we celebrate people's lives at the end? Yeah. Um, oh, how good was that bloke? You know, remember and have have a laugh about it. But we all get there and we're all so tense and tight. Um, and it's great to pay respect and I understand that. But what if we actually spoke about them? And people do, they get up and obviously speak about them. 
but be happy, you know, that, hey, this was a great person and let's celebrate their life at that point in time. It's always hard because it's a loss, but um, when you can do that for yourself and celebrate yourself every single day, what am I great at and what do I want to be and what's the gap I need to bridge in between those two steps, where I'm currently at, look at your daily planner slash weekly planner, then write out happiness, what your happiness, success, quality of life looks like match that up to that and you'll find that they don't sit within that drop it into your weekly planner make time for yourself if it's a priority make an excuse if it's not and don't expect something to change next year if you're doing the same thing this year that's caused you distress anxiety heartache pain and suffering that you've had within your life you control you and you, you know the only person that can tra- um, can change that is yourself don't focus on the external because the internal um, is in control of everything. If you put yourself in an environment, you'll become that environment. So I truly hope it's helped you know, someone some, somewhere across this planet be a better individual um, and that you know, then passed on to their kids, their family, their network, I should say, to improve their net worth um, on a life level. So love it. Mate, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Love the story and love what you shared. And I, va- I value your time, energy, and effort for today. And... Um, from the bottom of my heart thanks for having me legend no you're always welcome here i'm going to make sure that your tags the links to absolutely everything you do is in the show description so for everyone listening watching um get around that description hit up this man on social show him some love off the back of this episode reach out and connect and you'll get some great value out of what he does um in his world so thank you so much brother it's been a pleasure cheers